0: Hey, it's Mike O'Neill and Lori Ruff. And, and we're, we're the LinkedIn,
1: LinkedIn rock stars.
0: <laughs> hey, we're happy to introduce uh, Webmaster mobile app. It's Her for
1: iPhone and Android. So
0: I on my iPhone can and use me it.
1: on my Android. Yeah,
0: you know, we can. It, it solves the problem. It uh, does. It
1: really does. What hey, are you going to use? Are, is it just the current shows, or are you checking out the past episodes as well?
0: Every past episode of Rock the World with LinkedIn, and thousands of hours of other archive programming uh, is out there. You know, you can listen to Webmaster live whenever you like.
1: It's time to rock the world with the LinkedIn rock stars, Mike O'Neill and Lori Ruff. Welcome to the show. Rock,
0: rock, rock, rock to the top! Yes,
3: yes, Yes. Lori Ruff.
1: This is fun. Hey, guess what? We are getting toward the end of the year here, and we got some cool stuff to talk about. We've got some more cool interviews that we've captured over the throughout the fall season that were just. Barrel of fun, so we're gonna um, we're gonna uh, I think uh, play a couple of those interviews this afternoon. One from SCS in San Francisco, and one from Real Time Marketing Labs in New York. And the, the kicker is that the Real Time Marketing Lab guy uh, at that conference, um, I asked the hostess who she thought was going to be a particularly interesting um, interview, and she said, "Oh, Chris Lindblad with." beta brands and I was like you're kidding me I've been following them for like a year and our listeners don't even know who he is
0: yeah I was equally, equally impressed it's, uh, I, I love how, how some people are just able to communicate really hard things in simple words Right. you know he was a great communicator On stage, it's one of those things where you go, like, where do I buy that at the end? uh, You know, one thing you you point out is that these conferences, when you go to high-class conferences, you meet high-class people. You you always end up mingling with the instructors and other people there. We went to a show in New York, and I'll tell you, it, it, it made New York that much more special to me.
1: It Really, I that I agree wholeheartedly, Mike. You're right on track there. And, and the interesting thing is, you know, I've seen conferences come through, and the prices are like, you know, thirty six hundred dollars instead of one hundred and sixty. And people who are used to paying one hundred and sixty say, "Oh, they can't sell that for thirty six hundred a ticket," but they do. They just get a different kind of person to um, come to the conference. Not not that Real Time Marketing Labs was that expensive. It's just a example. It was happening during Social Media Week in New York, and so there were a lot of a lot of cool, cool conferences to choose from and, and sessions to choose from at, at uh, Social Media Week. But we, we hit a jackpot with real-time marketing labs. Um,
0: yes, we did. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting when you know, the Huffington Post is buying breakfast for everybody. Yes. And, you know, right. the Huffington Post people and the editors and big people with entourages are there.
1: Right, and you know what? I was really surprised we got media pass for it because... These kinds of events, especially in New York City, the media passes are given to the Forbes um, co- uh, people with Forbes commentaries, uh, whatever you call those columns, Forbes columnists, Huffington Post columnists, not just a blogger for Huffington Post, but the, the actual journalists. Those are the people that are getting uh, media passes to conferences like this. And you and I scored a media pass not only for real-time marketing labs, but in the next day for PivotCon. And um, that, I mean, that's... That's even raising the bar higher as far as how hard it is to get into. So I was honored um, by that, especially that they gave us two of the available passes, uh, which makes it kind of fun because you get to go as a couple.
0: Well, it it, you do, and and you know we divide it up, divide and conquer. And I'll, I'll tell you, it it was real interesting to see two New York events, you know, yes. back to back, and you in the same place, the same facility, and such different events. It was just so wild to see. It's kind of like you got the country western concert one day, and you got the rock concert the next, and the symphony the next. You know, right. in the same in the same venue, it was really different. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, so. You know, we've, we've talked. I think that that um, people are going to conferences more often. And I want to encourage our listeners that no matter what the cost of the conference, if it's a conference that you feel is going to help you professionally develop either your skills and or your network, the quality of your network indicates what you're going to get back out of it. And and the more we cultivate and, and qualify our network, the better the gems are that are coming up for us on a consistent basis. So... That's a, that's so
0: Lori, really one of the questions. one of the things I do is I I invite the speakers, especially certain speakers, but sometimes yeah. all the speakers on on LinkedIn. I invite them to connect. I say I'm going to be at the at the event, hoping to catch your right. your, your right. session.
1: Now here's what happens.
0: And uh, it's our
1: listeners, our listeners are going to say, yeah, but Mike, that's fine for you. You're a speaker at the event, or you're you've got a media press pass. They're going to want to connect to you. So what about people who? don't have that status to walk in, should they connect with the speakers at, at conferences?
0: Exactly so. Yeah, that's, that, that's where you do it. Those folks might not connect to you outside of conference. You know, you're just some person out there wanting to connect with this fancy-schmancy person. But they're going to meet you. You know, you just said, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to be seeking you out. You're not going to want to say no and then face me. You know, I'm a fan. Yeah. This is what you do for fans, right? Pick, pick what part of that works for you. <laughs> you know, somewhere right. in there is is your answer that says probably, probably yes. Unless they look like this is a cost to, to not. You know, what's the downside? My, my, my feelings get hurt a little bit if they don't accept. Whoa, you know, get used to that a little bit, right? Right, Larry? Yep,
1: exactly. Exactly. So, and you've got a good uh, context
0: of the event that you're going to be there and meet them with. You know? and, and, yes. and when you do, if you do go to their session, uh, I'll, you, I'll invite all the sessions. And I can only attend one. There might be six or 12 like at New Media Expo. <laughs> but I'll still invite, pretty much invite them all. But I go up and whichever one I go to see, I said, I sent you a LinkedIn invite. I hope you saw it. And if, if it was a couple of days ahead of time, they have had a chance to see it. Right. If you sent them a LinkedIn invite during their session different start. They haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, they haven't seen it yet. Exactly. And that's, you know what, that's a good point too because, you know, you can be impressed with somebody in person when you meet them or you're sitting in front of them hearing them speak and you can say, wow, that person really knows their stuff. But if you invite them ahead of time, you are indicating to them that you believe in value of the content that they're going to share with you so much that you're inviting them ahead of time and then giving them a chance to prove themselves as opposed to waiting until you hear them. Now, that's a subtle shift, but it's something that's very relevant for um, you know for this kind of an environment. If you want to um, uh, invite people who you haven't met yet that you feel are... Um, "Quote unquote better than you, but not really better than you, but that is at, a, at a different status that they might normally not be, and and reach out. And here's how you do it. I'm really looking forward to your session, like Mike said. And we've gotten some brilliant um business done that way, even if, even if they didn't know we were we were going to be speaking at the event too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you know, uh, Steve Olsher is a person that comes to mind in terms of someone who's really, really so easy to get to know and if you got if you're there, you wanna to talk to him and he'll he'll say, Oh, you gotta meet, you gotta meet, you gotta meet and uh and, yeah. and like Mark Vanborn was another one who was especially amazing in person, uh, knew he would be, but yeah. he outshine even the high expectations we had.
1: That's brilliant. So, speaking of conferences, Mike, let's um, let's get off um, here and talk to our sponsors and thank them and welcome them to our show and uh, for keeping us on the air. And then we'll be right back with Brian Bowers, who is a digital marketing manager at BBNT, who I picked up at SES. And then we'll follow that up with Chris Lindblatt, and we'll be right back.
2: What's the kitty up? Time to thank the sponsors that help keep us stay linked in to you. More from Rock the World with LinkedIn when we return. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com radio to watch a free pro Life Tips.
1: Making your life smarter, better faster, wiser. On demand anytime inside the entertainment channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: Mike and Lori are back as they rock the world with LinkedIn, only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: It's Lori Ruff, the LinkedIn Diva, and we are at the SES Conference in San Francisco, and I have a gem for you. Um, I was sitting in the lunchroom in the exhibit hall, back in the lunch area, listening, kind of taking my time getting up and listening to the next guy on stage. It happened to be Brian Bowers, and out of Charlotte, North Carolina, where I used to live, I grew up in Charlotte. I was there for like 24 years, and <laughs> that was only half my life, so it doesn't at all tell you how old I am, but... Um, it's just kind of some of the things I mean I was sitting here getting a couple things done before I got back up and started to go find people to interview and some of the things you said from the stage kind of piqued my interest and caught my ear and made me forget what I was doing so I said Andrew my, uh, my graphic designer Andrew Cameron I said Andrew go get that guy and um, actually he said should I and I said yes that's a great <laughs> idea let's interview him and you know, I'm not a great interviewer, a great radio host without help. So I just want to bring that out there. So Brian, welcome to Rock the World with LinkedIn and Webmaster Radio Conference Edition, and tell us, uh, tell our audience who you are and what you do.
3: Yes, as you mentioned, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm the SEO manager for BB&T Bank out of the Carolinas. Um, I've been kind of you know dabbling in SEO for the last eight years. And I'm also an ambassador from Majestic SEO. Cool. And so, yeah, I mean, SEO, I mean, SES is a great conference. A lot of great speakers here, you know, in regards to internet marketing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm here to, you know, network, you know, go to some some sessions, learn some things, and and speak. And speak a little bit, yes.
1: So, well, what was your topic? What was your speech?
3: My topic was talking about link building in 2014. Mm-hmm. But really, the heart of it is, is that websites that are stronger domain authority, right. which means they have more, you know, a lot of white hat, other external, you know, unique domains linking to them. Right. Google seems to grade them on an easier curve compared to sites that have lower domain authority right. or new websites. Right. An example that I use was um, the Google SEO services today. There's a YouTube video that ranks around number two, number three on the first page. Wow! And it's where this you know SEO company from I couldn't even find their mailing address or phone number um, found a site like network out of Poland and directed about nine thousand different domains, which equaled about two million links to their YouTube video, and they got a ranking on the first page for SEO services. Wow! So if you if you try to do that for your personal website, Penguin would fry you. Right. But since YouTube has so much domain authority, it's kind of a hole in Google where Google kind of is like, okay, I'm going to trust these stronger domain, these more authoritative sites. I'm going to trust more, and you know, and not use different rules, but lighter rules.
1: Maybe slacken the rules a little bit. It's interesting yeah. that you said Poland because I'm noticing a bunch of people register on our site. You can't you can't comment unless you register. Okay. And a lot of people with the .dot pl are registering on our site and leaving crap, right? So we delete them. We get rid of the right. comments. But what is with that? And why Poland?
3: I think it goes back to um, with the whole safe. You know, safe was a you know really large network networks out of Russia. Where you know somebody can pay, you know, on a monthly basis and get you know instant links. I think maybe some other European countries or Eastern European countries are kind of seeing the success of that, right. and they've got some website, some websites that might be authoritative. They may not. Might be they may not. They they realize that now the, you know these websites are assets. They can make some monetary gains on. Right. And you know they're kind of opening them up, to, you know, to, to that, you know, for people to to bid on or, or to or have their links placed on these websites.
1: So it's an easy way to game the system and make a lot of money doing it.
3: Correct. Yeah. Okay.
1: Just clarify. Well, how do how do um, how do bloggers or people who have a website combat against something like that? How do they use white hat um, and follow the rules and do the things they're supposed to do to rank? While there's that kind of stuff going
3: on. Well, I think first off, I was kind of mentioning this during the speech is that you kind of you have to know or identify what kind of fish you are in the pond. Right. So if you know if you're a Walmart.com or Bank of America, um, did or, you
1: just mention a competitor?
3: Oh, Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say that.
1: Though. You know,
3: you know, a site that's got over hundred thousand different domains. Mm-hmm. We're you know we're guessing they're white hat linking to them. Right. It's kind of high. You know. Majestic Trust Flow score, or at least it's higher than the citation score.
1: Right.
3: Then, you know, those type of sites can compete for head terms, for competitive terms. But if you're a website that has maybe like a thousand or two thousand white hat domains linking to you, then you may have to change your keyword strategy, where you're going after more long tail keywords than head tail. Right. So yes, you can no matter what type of site you are, you can compete. It's just that you may have to be doing more keyword research on the front end. Right.
1: Okay. But if you want to go,
3: you know, if you want to go rank for mortgage rates or cell phones or used cars, you know, and you're you're not, you know, you're not a powerful site with a lot of domain authority, then it's probably not going to happen. Or it's going to happen for a week. Right. And you're going to get burned for that. Yeah. Um, So,
1: in... BBT with the social with the SEO and, and things that you do, do you tap into social at all to help amp up the SEO values? We
3: do a little bit, but not but not a lot right now. Why? Um, it's financial institutions. Social is a very right. highly oh, yeah,
1: regulated. Regulated,
3: yes. But wow. I, do, I do want to go back to your point. You now your previous question is, you know we. Kind of like we were talking, you know, somebody in the audience, you know, asked a question to me, they're like, well, you know, so some guy just shot 2 million links from 9,000 different sites to his YouTube video, mm-hmm. probably for like, at a cost of $5,000 or less per month
1: right.
3: to rank number two for SEO services, he's like, could that happen to other sites? And I was like, I don't recommend it, but yes, you could, you know, some guy could could send a bunch of links to his Yelp page, Right. and Google's probably going to let it rank. Hi, or Will somebody that come could do it. Do you what?
1: Will that come back to bite them though?
3: If somebody writes an article about it and they get bad press, it can. Yeah. I don't think the algorithm is advanced enough now where it can kind of detect tier two linking wow. for that. Um, so, so yes, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's a risk, but it's like when Google makes changes, sometimes it. You know, closes a door in one area, but it might open a door in another area. Right. And right. so.
1: That makes sense. Well, so what do you do outside of SEO? I mean, surely you've got a life outside of the bank and being a geek like me. And
3: Yes. Well, here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be aerating my yard. Nice. So I've rented an aerator, and I'm going to, you know, run it, you know, seed my yard, fertilize it. So, you know, I'm able to kind of pretend I'm a farmer for one right. par- part of the year. Uh, I love that. I like you know, to jog
1: outside because oh. you're not pale like most. SEO I'm not guys.
3: pale. I'm not. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I you know, enjoy mountain biking. You know, jogging a little bit. Nice swimming during the, swimming during the summertime. So, so yeah, I mean, like you know, my son plays soccer. You how know, how old your son? He's five years old.
1: Okay, so you're gonna be the soccer
3: dad. Uh, <laughs>
1: I, tr- I was a soccer mom. I I'm mean, a tr- and we both to be. were in Charlotte for a long yeah. time. Yeah, so. you know,
3: Charlotte's a great place. You got NASCAR right there. Yeah, some major, you know, some NFL, NBA. There's some
1: great sports competitive leagues in in the Charlotte area. It too. is,
3: yes, yeah. you know, you great lifestyle. But yeah, I mean, it's a great place. You know, you're two or three hours from the beach, two, yeah. two or three hours from the mountains. Yep. So no, I mean, I enjoy what I do. It's you know, an interesting field. You know, so so yes.
1: Cool. That's really cool. Why, why did you pick the SES conference in San Francisco to come and speak
3: at? Well, I think SCS, you know, if it's at San Francisco or New York or, you know, any of these, you know, high, you know, large city locations, you know, it's, it's one of the more premier conferences. Mm-hmm. And It is. So, I mean, you know, you get you to talk to other Fortune 500 companies.
1: Okay.
3: You know, the, the, um, the speakers, mm-hmm. you know, subject matter experts, knowledge is very high. Right. So you no, know, I mean I think it's you know I, I my first part of my career I didn't do that and I think I kind of suffered because of that. Mm-hmm. But you know the you know just kind of like the whole the whole package, the contacts that you meet, what right, you learn.
1: Yeah. Now, wait, stop right there because you said your career suffered because of that. So what what does you Really okay. off, not really off topic, but but what impact does being at conferences like this and have? having the opportunity to speak and, and show your thought leadership, what does that do for your career? What's happening now that didn't happen before?
3: I think, um, I mean, a couple of things. Number one is you're, you're meeting and obtaining contacts mm-hmm. that you wouldn't.
1: Networking. Networking. Like on LinkedIn? Yes. Okay, except in person.
3: Correct. Oh, I mean, yeah. nothing beats in person, too. Right. You right. know, and the Southeast is like, yeah, I could do some things in the Carolinas, but, you know, kind of going to these larger... Events, you definitely, you know, meet nationwide companies. Right. The second piece is, is that, you know, a lot of times we struggle with a problem, you know, in what we're doing. Right. So you can come in here, ask some other high-level people, you know, what they think about the issue. But sometimes right. you can solve a problem you've been working on the last three months, like in 15 Put minutes. With a
1: fresh eyes on it. Yeah. Yeah. i mean, you can still e- that.
3: Yeah. You can still email that and, you know, ask right. somebody on LinkedIn. but. Just kind of be able to, you know, face to face, in a relaxed, you know, environment. Ask them, and know that the person's not going to try to sell you something. Right.
1: Right. um, Well, you know, I I think that's an important question. Not only for why should people attend conferences, but since you brought up the career move too, I have a lot of people that say, "How do I become a thought leader?" A. Share your thoughts. (laughs)
3: <laughs> right. Be right.
1: highlight that you share your thoughts. So, are you tweeting about being at the conference and sharing on social? I,
3: I am a little bit. I mean, sometimes I come to conferences. I like to, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like sometimes be away from work and, right. you know, I mean, you know, so this one I have not tweeted as much. Sometimes, like I'm at SCS, I do tweet more. Right. But sometimes it's just good, you know, talking to people and. Just, you know, watch it What people are tweeting. And- well,
1: here's some advice for you. Okay. <laughs> so the hashtag for the event is hashtag SESSF,
3: for okay.
1: SES San Francisco. And the people that you've met here through the conference, A, connect with them on LinkedIn, but then continue to watch the SES hashtag because people will keep talking after the conference. Okay. And if you can pull those people that you've engaged with at the conference back into the conversation after the fact, they'll remember you after the conference. Okay Literally staying top of mind After the conference And then somebody's going to say um, who, Who'd you meet at the conference? Oh I met this cool guy From Charlotte Brian And he does these things And he said this stuff And and so it, it, it As opposed to Just getting swag Or a business card At the conference And actually Texting each other So that you've got Each other's cell phones Kind of a thing That's really what it does For you in social So I'll give you that advice And at the same okay. time Give that advice To our listeners But So where can um, Where can people find you?
3: Well, I, I prefer Twitter the most. Um, so I'm Brian with an I, underscore Bowers, B O W R S. You can, you know, tweet to me. I can, you know, I'll DM you if you want to send a direct message. But that's probably the easiest way to cool. find me. I mean, I'm also in LinkedIn. Um, I'm not a huge Facebook user. My wife's more of the Facebook pro in the family.
1: Sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Because Facebook is more about relationships with people. And Correct. you're, like me, a classic geek. That gets out to play. That's right. It's amazing how the world has opened up for all. the... I mean, can you can you imagine, considering how old we are? There were this many geeks in the world 20 years ago. We just didn't know it. <laughs> right. Right. Now all of a sudden, everybody's come out of being a closet geek and they're they're being able to celebrate their geekdom and geekiness and whatever. <laughs> I know I'm sounding like an idiot, but um, it's it's really fun to find people that share your passions and it's okay for it to be about computers or about you know mountain bike or about whatever and if you share multiple um, points of interest then the relationship becomes even cooler especially if one's business and one's personal right so I'm going to continue to follow you I am um, recording this my backup recording is on my phone so I'm not going to tweet to you yet okay but as soon as we stop the recording I'm going to tweet to you, at Brian underscore Bowers with an I, Brian with an I, Correct. and I'm going to follow you, I'm going to put you on my hashtag great content list, because what I heard up there and what I heard here, um, I know for just intuition and what I've heard, pulling it all together, that you've got great content. And I want my listeners to follow Brian Bowers, Brian underscore Bowers, with an I. I have to learn to say that fast, right? Follow him if you're at all interested in SES, because the things that you do, you know, a lot of people might just follow small business, right? But if they follow mid-market and large and Fortune 500 companies as well, and look at what experts across all the spectrums are doing, you've got nuggets of knowledge for people no matter what industry no matter what size their company no matter whether they're doing this as a hobby or not that's true so it really makes a difference so connect with brian You know what? When you do, send me a note and let me know that you connected with Brian Bowers and I'll have a special gift for you. This is going to be my only action call of the conference highlights, so don't miss it. LoriRuff at gmail.com or tweet to me at LoriRuff or connect with me on LinkedIn. Don't connect with me on LinkedIn. Please don't send me an invitation. Um, I'm full. (laughs) But you can send me a message on LinkedIn. You can send me a free message because I'm a paid subscriber and I have the little open link network so send me a message on linkedin let me know you connected and i've got a special gift that brian will also appreciate just for you um brian
3: thank you so much thank you for having me on on today's show you're welcome
2: time to thank the sponsors that help keep us stay linkedin to you more from rock the world with linkedin when we return ever wondered how you could have access to your own seo expert paid search specialist or social media wizard looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing look no further than the folks at fang digital marketing fang digital specializes in both paid and organic search social media display and mobile advertising solutions and is staffed by industry veterans from google yahoo and one of the industry's most influential ppc experts Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at FangDigital.com. That's F-A-N-G-Digital.com.
3: Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider.
1: On demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: Mike and Lori are back as they rock the world with LinkedIn, only on webmasterradio.fm. This is Lori Ruff, the
1: LinkedIn diva. I am still, still at Real Time Marketing Labs in New York City. introduced to Chris Lindland of Beta Brand. Now they're a clothing company at a social media marketing conference and I want to hear why you're here. Hi Chris.
4: Hello, hello. I am here to speak to the people here about building a brand in real time.
1: I love that and not just any brand in real time but you are catching the attention of consumers everywhere tell me about that
4: well specifically we are uh, our company beta brand is built on the premise that if you just try to build a brand the brand identity for a clothing company off of immediacy it could turn into something very different and by that we mean what if our customers were our models what if our customers were our designers what if our website changed based on conversations people had and it's a very interesting cap to try because it means you've got to learn about all the tools people use to make these things happen.
1: Right now I actually saw a video on your brand uh, probably three or four months ago maybe longer I'm I'm, this year has flown by for me so I don't remember exactly when or where I was but I thought that is the freaking coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. You're actually crowdsourcing design.
4: Yes, we're crowdsourcing as much as we can. And it's really not like a, hey, let's put the burden off on other people. It's really more a big what-if machine being like, all right, well, you know, let's just pretend that it was only customers that modeled things. And let's imagine that thousands of them did so. What would it really look like? And what, and how would shopping be different? And how would uh, your relationship with a brand change? And, you know, we're a couple years into it now, and we have like 11,000-some customer photos. People now make, make videos for our brand. And we're starting to touch into something that I think is really Interesting. So I would say we're beyond phase one at this point, and it's really interesting to see what it's starting to look like. That's
1: really cool. In a way, you're kind of like, now I'm the LinkedIn diva, a member of the LinkedIn rockstar team. So I'm going to go ahead and say that you're kind of like um, Brendan. you
4: at betabrand.com brilliant i'll pick that
1: up put it on the blog betabrand.com check them out you're gonna love it like i do thanks chris